0: from American Falls to Malad. We've got the biggest stories in District 5 covered. This is the Southeast Idaho Prepcast with Jordan K. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Southeast Idaho Prepcast on idahosports.com breaking down all of the biggest stories in District 5 week in week out. Brandon Bainey joined by from the Idaho State Journal, Jordan K. Jordan, how are you?
1: Pretty good. Enjoying the uh, you know, cooler weather in Pocatello finally.
0: Yeah. So we've still been at our house uh, at night. We've been keeping the thermostat cooler because it's it's been hot for the first time. Like I got up today and the house still isn't like gone above 60. So we might have to adjust the thermostat. Yeah, a little bit.
1: Holy cow. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Southeast Idaho PrepCast is brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse-pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash the beast. And you can uh, check them out online as well. That's Pure Adrenaline Motorsports. So here here we are. We've hit the big time, Jordan. we got a oh, sponsor.
1: Incredible. Wow. I love that
0: it's all because of you you've done 95 percent of the work
1: i feel like uh, i don't set this up though so <laughs> you bond.
0: right well let's uh <laughs> let's dive into what happened last week in the football landscape for district five uh you were at uh, holt arena friday night to watch highland take on madison you wrote a great article about the game afterwards and that's uh you can check that out online at idahostatejournal.com Forty-two to sixteen. Yeah, and, and Madison came in with a with a a nice record of three and one, but I think Highland kind of showed that Madison still has a ways to go to to compete in the upper echelon of the conference.
1: Sure, and me and you were pretty, you know, we weren't exactly bullish on that three and one record for Madison. They hadn't played many great teams, but I was still expecting a good game. It's the start of conference play, you know. Highland had, you know, just played a really um, high-energy game against Pocatello. The last two games were against 4A opponents. They hadn't faced a 5A team in three weeks. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe this could be close. And, man, was it not. Uh, Highland's defense just absolutely swarmed Madison in every facet of the game. Front seven got more pressure, and then you you see a back end led by Adam Jones that was just all over the Madison receivers all night. And then I think this was the best game we had seen from Highland quarterback Jack Wiggins Jack Whitmer he completed like you know 17 and 19 passes had you know 200 and something yards a couple touchdowns I mean he was just fantastic ran for another 100 I thought this was his best game all year and early in the season I, a lot of people were like wow you know is he accurate enough to really lead this Highland offense in the last two games I mean he's been like over 75 percent over 80 percent it's like holy cow, their execution has been fantastic. And so they're really hitting on all cylinders right now. They go play Thunder Ridge this week. A couple of weeks they've got that big matchup against Rigby, and right now Highland's rolling.
0: Yeah, Highland is, uh, as I was looking at the schedules, I think Highland is the only team that's going to play nine games in the regular season this year. They had that Week 0 game against Rocky Mountain, and all the other teams that played in Week Week 0 have a bye week built in somewhere. But Yeah. For Highland, they're, they're going to be the only team, no buys or anything like that. Uh, maybe they'll get a buy if they win the conference, though, first round of the playoffs.
1: Sure. I Yeah, but that, I mean, that's <laughs> a, a lot. Like yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know how that schedule worked out.
0: <laughs> for sure. Can, can we talk about Jack Whitmer for a second? I, I know you've spoken about this before, but it's worth reiterating. Last year, as a junior, he he was QB one when the season yeah. started for Highland and went through a pretty, you know, pretty highly publicized uh, benching, for lack of a better term, right? It yeah. came at a big showcase event, the Rocky Mountain Rumble, um, and and they put Easton Durham back at quarterback last year. But but as you talked to Jack in the preseason, uh, he actually was able to spin it into a positive, right?
1: Yeah, he was like, "Hey, I wasn't, you know." I wasn't prepared enough, you know, I wasn't, you know, working as hard as I possibly could in practice, you know, I, I, I now have to realize that there's always someone behind me, I, I could get benched at any time, and I really got to, you know, start hitting on all cylinders much quicker, and I've been so impressed with, you know, him, it seems like every week if there's struggle, somehow he fixes them the next week, and and sometimes that's as simple as just, you know, hitting receivers, on passes or making the right read at the line and the next week it doesn't happen. Sometimes other issues arise, but you know, it rarely seems like he's continuing the same mistakes in week after week. And so that's been, you know, super impressive. The one thing that I've really like to see from him is he's a guy who can sometimes just rely on his legs because they're so good. And as you've seen the season go on, you have started to see him get more comfortable in the pocket. And right now, he's not looking to run first. The defense gives it to him and he's got to escape the pocket. He's going to take off and probably could get, you know, 10, 15 yards. But when he goes through his reads, he's hoping to pass. And so that's been a really cool thing to see and kind of shows his maturity as a senior to understand that, hey, this offense um, is most lethal when it's kind of uh, when he takes a pass first approach.
0: Yeah, his development has been really fun to watch this year, and I think it's a big reason why Highland is – I mean, there's a lot of reasons why Highland is 5-1, and one, <laughs> but, but um, yes. I, I think his continued development will allow Highland to uh, maybe advance even further than they did last year sure. in the postseason when we get down to it. So Highland, uh, yeah, you mentioned Thunder Ridge this week. That should be um, a win for Highland. Th- Thunder Ridge is just a team that came in with a lot of – preseason hype as a, maybe a sleeper or a yeah. dark horse team. And they just, it hasn't, hasn't come together. So no. in fact, the, the, the third team, you know, we, we knew Rigby and Highland, were going to be good. The third team that's really stood out up in the high country conference has been Idaho falls. Right. And we yeah. saw the tigers defeat Pocatello. That was a game on Idaho sports last Friday, mm-hmm. 32 to 20. I thought Pocatello actually played really well, considering they were still without starting quarterback, Ryan Payne.
1: Yeah, I uh, I was a little surprised by how close Pocatello was keeping it most of that game. I mean, that score is not indicative of how tight Pocatello kept that game. And, you know, Drew can, or Dre Contreras was back this week under center for Pocatello. And, you know, one of the interesting things is, like, he played really, really well as a sophomore. And when you look at you know, the Thunder going forward, you've got to be feeling pretty confident. Like, hey, at least for the next two years, it seems like they've got their quarterback. I mean, this is a 5A team that he went against, completed 55% of his passes, 262 yards, two scoring touchdowns. And then you've got, you know, the other sophomore he was throwing the ball to, Julian Bowie, didn't even play until the Highland game. He catches four passes, 126 yards and a touchdown. And when you talk about, you know, one of the better deep threats in, you know, District 5, like Bowie's right there just for how tall and fast he is. And so that was really cool to see of, you know, that big playability that Pocatello has. And, you know, obviously late they, you know, got into a one-score game and could never get over that hump. But you've got to – and this is kind of the weird thing about these rankings that we do for, you know, across the the state is, like, I don't know if you should necessarily, like, you know, fault a 4A team for losing to a 5A team. Like, they're not supposed to win. So in two weeks, Pocatello has dropped from – first to sixth in these rankings but they've only lost to two 5a teams that no one expected them to beat so like i've kind of, i've kept them in there i was like this is dumb but it's one of those things where you look at pocatello and people are like oh you know that 3-0 start didn't mean anything i was like well sure it did like they beat all the teams that like you would expect them to like they're not beating a 5a team probably not i mean that would be a huge upset So it's just been a kind of a weird dynamic of how people, you know, think about them.
0: Yeah. It's weird because I think the perception from teams from other areas, you know, Boise area, magic Valley, they kind of look at pokey as like the the pesky little brother. That's trying to tag along with the big boys. And, and they're so, they're so quick to dismiss Pocatello. Like, Oh yeah. That three and O star was all smoke and mirrors. You guys aren't good. It's like, I, I think Pocatello not that they need any more motivation, but they they can have a pretty big chip on their shoulder. they just seem to not get the same respect yeah um as and, and you know, it's been a while since Pocatello was a real true sure. powerhouse in football year in year out, but they're you can tell they're building back to that level yeah. and I, I think Pocatello, is going to surprise some people when it comes to the postseason this year. Not because they're like a not the better team and they found a way to win, but because people aren't giving them the respect that they're due. And I think I think Pocatello is primed for a big breakout on the playoff stage this year. Yeah, I
1: mean, it kind of hurts them that they have to play this island game every year. Yeah, because it's like they're not. I mean, you know, they don't just don't have the numbers or the size. Like, no four A team is probably beating Island. Like, if we want to be you know pretty frank about it, and probably the score is going to end up a lot of times like what it ended up against century and Pocatello. So it's like, Oh yeah, of course they're not going to win that game. Like don't, don't count that against them though. Like that should not be, you know, their litmus test.
0: Right. And, 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 you know, when they are in a three team conference with century and Preston, you know, they have, they have to find ways to fill their schedule. Ever since those guys got, kicked out of the great Basin conference, you know, it's, it's been hard to fill the schedule. So exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, props to them for, you know, actually willing to do that and not, you know, trying to play three A teams or whatever.
0: Yes. I, I have noticed that as a point of pride with uh, not just Pocatello, but century as well, you know, we'll yeah. play up, but we're not going to play down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> right. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of century, uh, they had a tough one. They, they hosted twin falls, yeah, uh, tw- Twin Balls is good. Just ask Pocatello, they were in a dogfight with the Bruins. Uh, 45 sure. to 10, setback for Century now, one and four. But it's to the point now where you're trying to keep the positive momentum going so your players don't get discouraged because it is a young team, it's a team where they're trying to fill in that the secondary yeah. levels, like a JV program and things like that. So for Century. The wins and losses to me at this point are you know, they're important, but to me, it more importantly, is are they improving each week? Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think this game too. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they were missing a lot of starters, <laughs> including you know Bruin Fleischman, who was uh, just couldn't play. And so, I mean, that's huge. You're not gonna, you know, what are you gonna do with that position or point? I mean, they're already low on numbers, and when you've got guys out with injuries, it's just not. Not really a fair fight, but you got to, you know, give credit to them. Okay, so they lose to this really good Twin Falls team. I don't even count that Highland game. That's stupid. The first game of the season in week zero, they like almost beat Minico, who is now what? Like the number one team in the conf- or the classification. Yep. Yeah, so they almost beat them on the first game when their bus breaks down on the side of the road. Like, you know, an hour and a half before the game. Okay, that looks like a really good one. I'm um, trying to even think who else they beat or had close games with. Uh, so, so they
0: beat Bonneville. That was their yeah, win. Yeah. And then they've they've lost to Idaho Falls. Green. They're on the same schedule. Pokey is. Yeah. Idaho Falls, Highland, Twin Falls.
1: I don't really see a bad loss in there. No. Uh, and so yeah, when you look at this Century team, they you know they got a first year coach and Logan Horrocks. They can't be building for this year. No one really expected them to. You know just. Go gung, you know, gangbusters and blow through this schedule. Like that wasn't gonna happen. What you've got to do is get all these sophomores and juniors and freshmen experience. And hopefully, as he, you know, Logan kind of settles in at century, he builds a program. And that's the goal here. This is not like a one-year turnaround. They lost so many pieces last year. This is like two, three, four years down the road that you look and be like, yeah, once these guys get on the field. Then we can, you know, start competing and doing this stuff, and so that's just a tough thing. Um, and you know, they're playing a really hard schedule. I don't, I don't really think their record's indicative of you know their talent level.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And they have a, a break this week; they have yeah. a bye week, so they have the week off. Preston, <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you, Preston, four and one, Jordan. They, yeah. uh, they actually got into the coaches' poll this week for for uh, four yeah. Wow.
1: I put them in the media. I don't. I think one other person did.
0: (laughs) I I did not. I'll admit. I I did not put Preston in there.
1: I thought Uh, their resume is good enough. Um, You know, four and one. Their one loss is to an undefeated four A team, and that was very close. It's not like they you know got blown out or anything. Yeah. And then yeah, you beat a Blackfoot team. You know, granted it was very very close. You know, Blackfoot went for two late in the game and didn't get it. Are actually you know, right at the end. I mean, that's how Preston pulls it out. But hey, wins a win, and you know, this is a Blackfoot team that just last week beat Skyline. That's a Skyline team that everyone thinks is you know at least decent. You know, maybe their record doesn't indicate that, but yeah, I, I give a ton of a ton of props to you know like Eric Thorson and everyone over at Preston for what they've done this season. You know, you look at their their schedule and it hasn't exactly been you know cakewalk and they have just improved so much what were they last year three and five on the entire season they've already got four wins I mean that's huge you got guys like you know Brecker Knapp and and everyone at that program and uh Emory Thorson they're just monsters and they've just turned that offense and and made it look so good
0: I think at this point we have to start talking about Preston in 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 the playoff picture because 100 percent you know four and one and yes three of those four wins have come by one point right they beat lakeland seven to six star valley wyoming 28 27 blackfoot 27 26 and then they only beat bonneville by a touchdown as well but we're to the point now where this year in the 4a playoffs district five gets one and a half teams in so last year they only got one and that was it and that was really tough but this year there will be a uh, automatic birth given to either the second best team from District 5, which is Preston right now, or District 1 and 2 up north, which is Lakeland and or Moscow. And both those teams are struggling right now, and Preston has a head-to-head win over Lakeland. So. Wait,
1: can you explain how this works? Like, I actually do not know. When you get a half, a half team for football, is this going by their max preps score? How does that work?
0: Yes. So, uh, I believe they look at the max preps ratings for the second best team from district five and compare that to the second best team from district one and two. Gotcha. So, uh, at this point, it's probably Lakeland up North, but, but like we said, Preston beat Lakeland already this year, seven to six, which will give them a higher max preps rating than Lakeland. Um, so I, I think Preston, and, and even if they don't get that spot, there are still five at-large bids that are handed out as well. And I think Preston has a really good chance to. Or, or there's only two. Excuse me. There's two at-large bids, but I think Preston is in a good spot to grab one of those potentially as well. So I think I think they're. You know, they have a, s- a tough stretch of games coming up. The nice thing that's going to help them is they're playing Sugar Salem this week a game that's on idahosports.com yeah and uh that's friday at seven o'clock and then they also play snake river and pocatello and those we talked about this year with the max preps ratings if you play good teams and they pile up wins even if you lose it's not going to hurt your max preps ratings so
1: yeah i don't exactly understand how the max preps rates like 3a games versus like 5a games or whatever but you know, they, they should probably beat Sugar Salem, a 3A team. They should probably beat Snake River, a 3A team. I would think they're going to beat Century. And then you look at just like, okay, all you you know, just take care of Pocatello. Well, then you win the conference. Then you're in. Even if you lose, you probably got a good enough rating. You got what two losses, maybe three. Your rating's still going to be pretty good. And so, yeah, that that's you. You would think they get in if they continue this trend.
0: Yeah, I could be speaking out of school here, but I think the way a couple of coaches that I talked to uh, told me that the max preps rating doesn't really take into effect that you beat a 5A or you played a 5A and you're a 4A. All that matters is your opponent's winning percentage. So if you play a really good 3A team yeah, like Sugar, then it's not like you get penalized for playing down a level. All they look at is, oh, Sugar went 8-2. and two that goes into your formula. So there's yeah. been rumblings of, and this will probably come up in basketball more than football, but of some coaches maybe trying to take advantage of that oh, and yeah. play like, like you maybe you're a three a school and you play a really good one a school that you're probably going to beat, but then you know that they're going to go 20 and one or whatever. Okay. So you, yeah, you can see some manipulation is, in basketball maybe with that.
1: But Yeah. This is like, uh, <laughs> you know, you saw colleges start to do this in the BCS era. When you get just the computers, you know, ranking this stuff, like all that matters is you just go undefeated or you just have one loss. Like does not matter who you play schedule a cupcake every week. And as long as you go undefeated, you're going to be in like that was like the BCS. And yeah, now I'm interested, like there's definitely going to be some, uh, you know, uh, coaches trying to figure out ways to, you know, gain the system, which, you know, props to them. And so it'll be interesting the next couple of years like, hey, maybe, you know, Pocatello and Century stop scheduling, you know, as many 5A schools or or things like that. And so, yeah, this, you know, Max Preps thing is, you know, as great as it could be for computers and trying to get everything right. Yeah, there's some there's some flaws.
0: Right. So so this is encouraging you to try and schedule good teams. So, like, for example, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but like in basketball, for example, you could have up north Lakeland. Yeah, a four A school schedule. A lapway, a one A school. Yeah, Who's gonna which be- which you know is going to just run roughshod over the rest of the one A's. Well, yeah. if Lapway goes twenty and one, and their one loss was to Lakeland, Lakeland's getting credit for for beating a twenty and one yeah. team. It doesn't That's matter so that it was a one A. That's so, so dumb. Yeah, there, there's definitely some flaws in the system. Yeah, um, especially when it comes to other sports. But for football, for the most part, it seems to be okay. I guess. Okay. So yeah but anyways preston at sugar salem friday night on IdahoSports.com. that's going to be a really good matchup and i should mention as well jordan that highland at thunder ridge game will also have on IdahoSports.com this friday yeah. night audio audio only no video but at least we'll have an audio broadcast of that game so Darn. that's going to be a lot of fun uh speaking of sugar salem uh they had the week off they're two and two but uh Let's talk about Snake River. (laughs) Second week uh, or or second time this year that Snake River has defeated a 3A playoff team from the previous year, right? They beat Kimberly in the season opener. This time they beat South Fremont, a team that got to the semis last year, 31-21. They looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, this South Fremont team was ranked. They've got one of the better quarterbacks in the classification in uh, Cayman Peebles. And Snake River, I mean... Props to them, they seem to be able to just do anything they wanted offensively. Um, quarterback uh, Cole Gilbert throws for 230 yards, which, I mean, Snake River, there's games where they don't throw the ball like more than like six times. So to throw for 230 yards and a pair of touchdowns, pretty impressive. They convert, converted two two-point two conversions. And then, you know, Gilbert on defense picks off a pass, recovers a fumble, They've got this great tandem at running back in Carson Hawker and Zach Staley and Staley was fantastic. He had, you know, 15 carries, hundred yards, two touchdowns, and then, you know, caught 75 yards uh, through the air, had a score through that. And then they've got a receiver, you know, senior Ryland Anderson had three catches, 140 yards and a touchdown. I mean, see, they're converting these big, long um, plays that are just killing other teams. And so, that's the one thing against these – that's another team where they're playing up sometimes. They've got to go to Blackfoot. They keep that game close. Okay, 2A, they, they play down against the best team in 2A who could probably beat like 95% of the 3A teams in Westside. So, like, you look at their two losses. Like, Snake River is what? Two and two, I think. Yeah?
0: Yep, two and two.
1: Yeah. Their two losses are to two teams that they – no one was expecting them to beat and then their two wins are kind of against two teams that no one really expected them to beat but two 3a teams and so you've got to look at that and be like okay in the grand scheme of things like is this a team that they beat March valley can you know they have a nice little run in the playoffs and i think you got to say yeah, so far from their body of work
0: yeah for sure snake river i think for the first time all year has a game that's uh, maybe softer than, than, uh, any of the other ones they played there at Teton Friday night. So that should be a very winnable game for the Panthers. Yeah. Marsh Valley, they had the week off. Um, now they turn around and have to travel to South Fremont. Can, can they use anything that Snake River did and apply it to their game plan against the Cougars?
1: Well, I think Marsh Valley's got a better passing attack than Snake River did coming into the game. You got Hunter Roche at uh, quarterback and then you know Peyton Howe at wide receiver who just puts up you know gaudy stats every once in a while. So yeah, I would expect them to kind of use that deep passing game and see, you know, not exactly an air raid. They're not gonna do that. They've got, you know, Michael Belknap uh running the ball. But yeah, they, I would expect them to throw the ball as much as possible.
0: Yeah. And that'll be a fun one. Uh, as again, Marsh Valley's gauntlet of a schedule continues. Uh, let's talk about the third team in District 5. How about American Falls? Two wins in a row over uh, Parma and now a 14-13 to 13, yeah. uh, tight victory over um, Teton. Yeah, and now now they play Wendell this week. I think American Falls has a good chance to win three in a row here. And and talk, we're talking about them being at three and three. I mean, after that season opening game at Aberdeen, I thought, oh boy, this might be a, a long season for American Falls. But it seems like they've kind of gotten a little momentum going.
1: Which would be crazy too, because every team in that district last year won only three games. I think like every team went three and six, which is kind of wild. That seems almost impossible. But, yeah, you look at, like, this these three-team conferences, and I think that they get 1.5 in as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, realistically, like, American Falls just has to beat one team. Like, you either beat Marsh Valley or you either beat, you know, Snake River. Like, all of a sudden, you're in the playoffs. It's crazy, like, how things can work out when you, you know, simplify it like that. And so, they've just got to look and be like, all right, let's see if we can carry our momentum. And if we can just beat one of those teams, like we're in and then anything can happen. And I think that was their whole you know, plan going into the season. You, you talk to guys at American Falls before the year and their whole thing was like, hey, we just we just got to beat, you know, American or, you know, Marsh Valley or Snake River. And like that's that's our season. Like we got to prepare for that. And so it's really cool to see them get some momentum. And when district play starts, that'll be, uh, you know, even more fun.
0: Yeah, the, those three team districts are really wild, right? I let's see, I had I had it on my phone what the breakdown is for the different districts, and uh, District Five gets two teams this year into the playoffs for three A.
1: So, so they don't, yeah. You, you just win one of those games and you're in. It's all. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah, it's a good setup for sure. So, uh, yeah, American Falls taking on Wendell this week—a two-a program that is still trying to find its footing. So, Mm -hmm. speaking of two-a, West Side starts off uh, Southeast Idaho Conference play with a forty-two to eight win over Bear Lake. They're five and zero, one and zero in the league. How about uh, Soda Springs taking on Malad? Malad with the thirty to twenty-two win, and uh, Malad is one and zero in the conference. But more importantly, Soda Springs is zero two now in league play. That was pretty yeah. surprising.
1: No, I was uh, I was kind of surprised by that. But you know, props to Lucas Thorne, his first year at Malad, and they just take out a Soda Springs team that last year. I mean, caused some chaos a little bit. They make the playoffs because basically everyone in that, actually everyone in that mm-hmm. division made the playoffs. And then first round, they go and upset Aberdeen. So, you know, Soda Springs is coming into 2021 with momentum. They've got, you know, Tug Cap, at at quarterback, who is one of the better athletes in that district. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know, they all they got to do is beat Aberdeen again, and they're probably, you know, got that playoff spot. They're probably the number two team in, you know, 2A District 5. And then Malad comes out, surprises them, and Soda Springs has an uphill battle. Um, to now try and get back in the playoffs, and I mean, it's gonna be tough,
0: it doesn't get any easier as uh, they play West Side this week in Dayton, Thursday night football, Jordan. So, um, you're gonna be there, right? Yeah, we'll be there for idahosports.com. I'll be there broadcasting with Sean Kane. So, again, that's a Thursday night kickoff, Soda Springs at West Side, seven o'clock kickoff right here on idahosports.com. And if, if Soda starts 0 3, which I think probably happens. Yeah. I, I think it's too big of a hole to climb out of um, yeah, in terms of
1: the playoffs. But. I just don't even think there's a route back. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you win the last game or whatever, it's
0: – Right. That's and, and now we have an important matchup this week, Jordan, on Friday night in Malad. Aberdeen at yeah. Malad. Winner of that game is kind of in the driver's seat for that number two slot potentially.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would have to think Aberdeen here is favorites you know, just because their playmakers are are pretty tough to go against with, you know, Brody Beck and Cale Adamson and a couple other guys they got on defense. And so I would like to think that they're probably the favorites going into that game. But, you know, who knows after you get a little momentum to a team? I mean, really anything can happen. And so, yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a fun one to watch. I would think that Aberdeen gets it, but man, who knows?
0: Yeah, for sure. And then finally, the one A ranks. There was only one game last week. It was Rockland continuing to, to flex their muscles, sixty eight to thirty over Chalice. They're three and one. They will play Grace this week in another non conference matchup. Hold up
1: and- Rockland, shout out that win. Just ridiculous. Uh, sophomore wide receiver Teague Matthews, dude, six foot four. These stats, I mean, could be the craziest game I've seen, even for eight man. He caught 14 passes for 303 yards and seven touchdowns. No to way. Receiver. Yeah. Oh. That's my like the, the most gaudy stats I've ever seen for an eight-man wide receiver. Actually, maybe for a wide receiver in general. And he wasn't playing near the stiffest competition, but still, I, I mean that's kind of ridiculous.
0: It's, there's been a couple of guys who have scored six touchdowns this year. Nobody has scored seven.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, most teams haven't scored seven. So yeah. <laughs> and then he do it with one guy pretty crazy. So props to him,
0: man. That's awesome. See, this is why we bring you on Jordan. You've got yeah. that, those good nuggets.
1: That's exactly from the eight man. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh could, could threaten that mark again this week. They're playing a yeah. grace team. That's really struggling. And then you also have North gem back in action yeah. as they host Chalish chalice that should be a nice win for for north gem as well yeah so.
1: and i think we're, we're going to be at both those games just kind of do a eight man feature this week and so uh you know try and hit both of the the north gem rockland and grace and get out there and see those guys
0: yeah that's going to be really fun and and uh yeah you could definitely make that work cuz uh a north gem game kicks off at 4
1: 4 and then you, you probably i mean they're going to run the ball it'll take 2 hours only yeah. like a 25 minute drive to grace and they got lights yeah. So, yeah, I love it.
0: That's a that's a great game plan, Jordan. I'm 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 very much looking forward to uh, your it? assessments of those teams. In yeah, person I'm excited. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. All right, well, we're kind of at the midway point of the season here, Jordan. We're we're gonna actually turn into October this weekend, really? and we thought uh, it would be kind of fun to maybe give out some mid season. Awards uh for the high school football slate so far in district five. So we're gonna have an offensive MVP, a defensive MVP, special teams MVP, and coach of the year. Sound yeah. good?
1: Yeah, I love it. Let's do it.
0: All right. Let's uh I'll let you go first. You're the you're the uh the guest here. So uh offensive MVP, what do you got?
1: I think I gotta go with uh Cage Brokens over at West Side, that their running back. I mean, it's tough to not put a West Side guy somewhere on here. But the thing about that team is, like, they're such, you know, a team. It's like, you know, you could put Parker Henderson or, you know, Bryler Shurtleff or Cage Brokens, but, you know, Brokins has just been so important for them. You look at that first game against Firth, who is, you know, the number two team in that classification. He has a 33-yard touchdown real late in the game to, you know, kind of give them a lead. Then Firth, you know, returns a kickoff. And in yeah. overtime, then Brokens has to, you know, score a touchdown to just barely, you know, keep uh, Westside's win streak alive. And, against Snake River, he's got 100 yards and two touchdowns. Against a really good Cole Valley Christian team, carries the ball 13 times, 133 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, he's just such a monster. And I know that offense is so much about the scheme, and you could probably, you know, mix and match guys, but his stats and what he's able to do for the Pirates is just uh, fantastic. I think he's probably right now um, – you know, the most valuable player to, to his team.
0: He gets downhill so fast that uh yeah. by the time he gets the handoff, it's like he's already passed the defensive line. And yeah. like you noted, he's, he's doing this on like 12 or 13 carries most nights. He's not getting yeah. a huge workload.
1: No, because they have so many other guys to give the ball to. And yeah. it just seems like every time he gets the ball, it's like, oh, big play. Oh, it's over. Like you're saying, like, you know, you give Westside the ball first. It's like, yeah, they score, then they stop you, then they score, and the game's over with, you know, 30 minutes to play.
0: Right. Yeah, so uh, for my offensive MVP, I'm I'm going to stay in the 2A ranks like you, and I'm going to go with Brody Beck, senior yeah. quarterback for Aberdeen, because uh, his value, you know, if anybody else is back there, at quarterback for Aberdeen, I don't think it brings the same element to the offense because Beck is so good at running the football, and that season opening win over American Falls that we were both at, you know he ended ended up rushing for 190 yards yeah. and, and three touchdowns and and um he he's also able to beat you with his arm yeah. if needed also so I think just in terms of because we think Aberdeen is a team that's got big potential this year yeah. and it doesn't happen without Brody Beck at quarterback so
1: yeah and he I think it was uh two weeks ago against soda Springs I mean he ran for like over 200 yards and two or three touchdowns and so yeah I mean he's doing it in district play too
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, defensive MVP, what do you got, Jordan?
1: I've got to go with uh, Cody Colvin, the defensive end from Highland. I mean, that whole Highland front is just fantastic. I mean, they're putting up just gaudy stats all around the board, but Colvin is just kind of the leader right there with Sloan Lampson. His numbers are kind of ridiculous when you consider that he's going up against 4A and 5A opponents. He's got 43 tackles. Nine tackles for loss and six sacks. Uh, when you're doing it against these types of teams, that just doesn't happen very often. He is so quick to the ball. Every time there's a snap, it seems like the quarterback has about a half second before he's running for his life because you got Lamson on one side or Drew Roberts on the other. And then you got Colvin, who just comes in like just a, a you know stallion running through the line and just getting to quarterbacks, getting to ball carriers, even if some of these, you know, stats don't show up one tackle. I mean, he, he makes things so difficult and also sets up his teammates to, you know, make plays too. Um, one of the, probably the best defender I've seen all year. And the fact that he's able to do it at a five, a level is, you know, makes it even better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, that Highland defense is looking really, really good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, my defensive MVP. I'm going to go with Ashton Madsen from Preston because oh. Preston's off to this four and one start and he is always in the middle of it. Uh, and not just like, you know, he's not just the guy that's racking up 10 tackles a game, but, yeah. but he's making high impact games that in, in these one, score games are, are basically determining the outcome. So he leads the team with 58 total tackles this year. He has two fumble recoveries, one forced fumble, and he's also got a blocked field goal. So he, he had a key fumble recovery in that seven to six win over Lakeland all the way back in week zero in the season opener, the yeah. star Valley game that they won by a point. He blocked the, the, what could have been, you know, the potential game winning field goal for star Valley, he, he was the one who came through and blocked that kick. He recovered a fumble last week in that one point win over Blackfoot. So, I mean, he is just everywhere making high impact defensive plays that are basically kind of sealing games up for Preston. And so Ashton Madsen from Preston is my defensive MVP.
1: That's a good call. Um, What is it now? Special teams MVP?
0: Special teams.
1: Got to go uh, Highland kicker Ian Hershey. This one's tough. I, I mean, you're just thinking about it. You're like, Man, there's just not a ton of options. I can't really think of anyone who's, like, returned a kickoff. Actually, uh, uh, Crew Hales from Pocatello did return one. So honorable mention, Crew Hales, uh, really dynamic in that Pocatello return game. But Hershey just is probably the best kicker in the state, and it's not even close. He's 23 of 25 on PATs. He's 9 of 10 on field goals. And he's just hitting 40 yarders. Every time Highland gets, you know, within the 30, it's three points basically – I mean, he's got like a 43-yarder. I think he had a 42-yarder and then a long of 49. I'm watching him on the sidelines against Madison. At halftime, he's hitting 60-yarders that are hitting the net, like legitimate. I mean, there's college kickers who don't have that range. And, you know, I know he's got an offer from Idaho State. Army's looking at him. Uh, Weber State's looking at him. He's got some, uh, you know, interest. He's taking unofficials to Nevada, to uh, Oregon State, and to Cal. And so, I mean – you look at his range and his consistency. He has become such a weapon for that Highland team, and uh, you know, really cool to see.
0: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to kind of cheat Ooh. my my special teams MVP is uh, Ian Hershey, the punter. Yes, <laughs> because, because we don't we don't ever talk about his punting, but it is it is tremendous, right? You've seen it in person; it's incredible. Yeah,
1: I think he's averaging what, like 43 yards a punt. Yeah, which is like top five in, you know, Highland history, which is kind of a a crazy club to be in.
0: Yeah. So I just, I mean, it's kind of far and away Ian Hershey and then everybody else. Not that, not that there's not other good special teams players, but it's just the gap. The
1: impact is yeah. Crazy.
0: Yeah. All right. Coach of the year, Jordan, who do you like so far at the midway point?
1: I think I got to go Eric Thorson from Preston. I mean, you're talking about that Preston defense and the turnaround they've had. And you know, it was, maybe a bit unfair to them coming into the season. It was like everyone kind of already penciled in what they thought this, uh, how for a uh, division five was going to play out. Everyone's like Pocatello one Preston two, century three. And it was like, uh, no one really gave it much thought, or at least I didn't. And that was my fault because, you know, Eric has turned around, you know, Preston who goes three and five last year. And you think, okay, they're maybe only going to regress. I mean, you lose probably the best player in Cole Harris, I mean, how are they going to do this? And all of a sudden they've started the season four and one. And you can say, you know, give them a negative. Oh, you know, three of those wins have come by one point. Well, they're pulling out one point wins. That's not easy. And not a lot of that is coaching. You know, clock management, putting your guys in the best position to succeed. And then when those late game situations, you know, are you prepared enough to execute when you really need to? And I think that's a lot on coaching. And that's why I think, you know, Eric is probably midway through this season, you know, my coach
0: of the year for sure and coach of the year you know there's a couple of different ways you can go with it right you can go with the best coach on the best team you can go with a coach that came in with low expectations whether that's fair or not the media and coaches do have so I think that's where I'm going to go with mine I'm going to go with the first year coach at Lucas Thorne because coming into the season people like it was pretty much just a foregone conclusion yeah Malad's going to take last Maybe they'll win a game or two. There there was not a lot of optimism from the talking heads, right? People like us <laughs> coming into the season for, for Malad. And here they are at the midway point two and three with a really good chance to be three and two. I mean, they played the, in their first game under coach Thorne. They played the defending uh, state champs from Wyoming Lyman high school, and they yeah. only lost 22 to 14. So, I mean, they're they're a play or two away from being 3 and 2 instead of 2 and 3. They're 1 and 0 in the conference. And now, you know, the tough part of their schedule is coming up with Aberdeen and Westside in the next yeah. 3 weeks. But um I'm really impressed with Lucas Thorne. He came from out of state. Uh he came from uh Oregon uh, yeah. and to come from there all the way to to Malad down in the down in the corner of the state. Um not knowing anything about it too much. He's done a tremendous job. So
1: yeah, no, I think probably the the, the other one I can think of is uh, Dave Spillit over at Pokey. Yes, I mean you have a, a solid season last year, but then you switch quarterbacks, you switch nicknames and logos and all this stuff, and all of a sudden he comes out three and zero and kind of has that team bought into what he's trying to do. And so you know a lot of yeah, you're like you're saying there's a lot of different ways to look at this, but you know I, I think those those guys all have really kind of. Um done done more with less.
0: We're we're pretty lucky here. We've got we've got good coaches and good players. So no doubt about it. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the Southeast Idaho Prep Cast on Idahosports.com brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports. Uh they're your 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 source for pulse pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash the beast. All right. Enjoy the eight man football this week. Yeah. It's well, gonna be uh, that.
1: I've only been to one, and it was North Gem Rockland last year. And it was just the craziest thing I've ever seen. You've got like cars pulled up, like basically to the sideline. There's like a horse watching, like, you know, 20 steps away. I mean, I was just like, holy cow. This is like, they started early just because they could. Like, it was just like, <laughs> this is incredible. It was just so nonchalant, and I loved it.
0: Yeah, so so stay tuned uh for that on IdahoStatejournal.com for uh Jordan's recaps of those yes. eight man games Friday night. Uh I will be in West side Thursday night for Soda Springs against West Side. Seven o'clock kickoff on Idahosports.com. Little Thursday night football. You know, I went to West side two weeks ago for the Cole Valley game, and wow. on our way in, we, we saw a girl riding on horseback along the side of the highway. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just now <laughs> headed to the game. So
1: are you going anywhere Friday?
0: Uh no. So Friday I'm just gonna be have a Friday off for a change. That'll be nice. Lacker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks to the end of the Southeast Idaho Prep Cast for Jordan K. I'm Brandon Bainey on idahosports.com.